Recognize that? Yes, it's the sound of folks clapping at a play. What would it mean to you if you could enjoy the theater with your child, your grandchild, or a child close to you? Well, it would mean a lot to me. And that's why I'm so delighted to have with me today Giuliani Tavares, a renowned children's playwright and writer for TV and so much more. We'll talk about Giuliani's recent production of Morris Micklewhite and the Tangerine Dress at the Children's Theater Company in Minneapolis and about how you can interest your children in theater. Now, thank you for joining us today on The Ageless Traveler. We're dedicated to making lifelong travel easy so you never stop traveling. I'm your host, Adrian Berg, and I'm excited to discuss the fastest growing travel trend, grandparent travel. And in this case, Sir joins to my relaxation heaven, the theater. So please sit back and relax. All the resources we discuss are on our show notes at agelesstraveler.com. And while on the site, click the gifts button to join our Facebook salon and receive our exclusive fun goodies is for younger children and how you can travel locally or anywhere in the world and take younger children with you to theater. Because if you give them that gift, it is a lifelong gift. And who better to speak with us about this than a playwright that is right now specializing in adapting books, creating cartoons, creating their own works for children of all ages. And particularly, so thank you so much, Giuliano Tevaris, uh, for being with us today. Now you're writing for children. Explain what that motivation is about. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and get to talk about these topics because I am so invested. Um, I love that question. I feel like I love writing works for young people um, and works for all ages that really include young characters and young voices. Um, I think for one, I, as an artist, think a lot about what I needed, right, when I was younger or what I did have um, was so important to me. Uh, I was one of those kids who grew up watching PBS kids shows and, you know, going to the public library for whatever events and sort of things they had. Um, And I think theater and um, that really uh, with young people and with children, uh, definitely part of that. Uh, Something that I'm so passionate about because I think it's that theater is such a magical place and experience um, anyone. And I think, yeah, the younger that we are when we're connected to that, the more we can tap into that magic and also all the skills that come with that world to um, we get older. So, so let me ask you this uh, process, because we're going to be speaking also on Zoom for a few minutes. And believe it or not, one of the things in the hearts of many of my listeners is not just writing a memoir or a novel, but many of them would really like to write for children and particularly a play. So you actually adapted this play. Now, let me tell everybody about a little bit about it, and you'll tell them even more. So Morris Micklewhite and the Tangerine Dress. Now, Morris is a boy, a little boy in school, and this show starts at age four and up uh, at the children's theater. But he loves to play in the toy box, and he takes out a dress. He puts on the dress, and everyone says, you can't do that. And then the journey begins. Beautiful journey. Uh, really self, what you call self-expression, no doubt, self-understanding and the understanding of others. Did you select that book? Is that a book that just 
struck you and you said this could be a play? Oh, well, I wish I could take the credit for bringing it to Minneapolis stage, but the Children's Theater Company, which has been around for a long time making beautiful work for young people, actually uh, were the ones who connected with this book and then reached out to me. And I was so excited to get that message, right, that invitation to chat with them about adapting this book, because I was actually in the middle of adapting a different children's book for the screen. And so this opportunity to to take this beautiful story Morris Micklewhite in the tangerine dress and bring it to the stage I was thrilled to hear about. So it wasn't my idea, but I was so pumped to be called into the process. And it's been really fun. And what is the process? Uh, you know, I could really visualize because I'm a writer writing from scratch. I believe I could not adopt somebody else's work or adapt somebody else's work. How, what's that process like? Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, I love working on my original stuff from scratch, but I also really love adapting because it feels like I actually took an entire like class on, on adaptations. I remember when I was in college and we spent the whole semester talking about like, what does it mean to adapt something, right? It's a sort of translation of sorts and to take something from something like a, a children's book, for example, which is beautifully illustrated and, you know, can be quite short usually, uh, in terms of how much how many words are actually in it and getting to kind of expand it, I think is really fun. And so for me, adaptation is about sort of connecting with a story and being able to take that story and keep the heart of it and all the best things about it that make it what it is and make it special and expand it as well and, and translate it in a new medium, right? So something that's on paper, we get to bring to the stage and breathe like life into it and words and music and, you know, color in this 3D way. Um, so it's really fun. And um, I like that it also kind of gives you something to, to jump off of, right? And then let your mind go explore. Um, I wrote a few drafts based on a um, beautiful book, um, being inspired by its structure of the, the school week. Um, then we got to do some really great workshops here in Minneapolis with the Children's Theater with our super talented student actors. And that really helped me dig even deeper into the script. And now we're in rehearsals, gearing up for the production. You know, it is such a wonderful thing to hear your enthusiasm. And it's palpable. It's catching. There's no doubt. But one of the things that uh, I read in your quotes about the play and what you really love is it teaches self-expression. But it teaches self-expression in the context of a world that doesn't always allow a child to express who they are. And, you know, you talk about your mission and you say, oh, I never thought a trans, queer, black person could be out there and be so accepted. But the fact is that this problem of not being able to express yourself or being quashed is everybody and every child's problem. So tell us a little bit about how you feel and hope the play will affect the children and the adults like with them. Yes, exactly. It's like you say, this is relevant to all of us, everyone, right? Regardless of these sort of, you know, labels and identity things that we, we might want to talk about sometimes. At the end of the day, I think this idea of being able to ex yeah, express ourselves freely and lovingly and support that in one another is relevant to everyone. And I hope that like seeing Morris's story on stage and embodied by our amazing, you know, student actors, um, those are one adult actor <laughs> and, you know, yes. brought to life through all our design and, um, 
you know, writing. What I hope folks connect with is that it's just really this, it's not a dangerous thing. It's actually a beautiful and courageous thing to just, you know, express ourselves in whatever creative way we feel called to. Something I love about the book that I, you know, try to really keep in the stage adaptation is that Morris is just cute as an imaginative kid. And really he's drawn to the color and the sounds and the feel of this fabric, right? And so to him, it's not this huge political thing of this is a dress and I'm making a right, statement. I'm allowed to wear it, right? Yeah, it's yes, just a not, not making a statement. Yeah, it's just a sensory thing of like, and I feel like that's so such a beautiful thing that we have as children that it's I think is really important to continue to cultivate and nourish and support as we get older is like just relishing in the senses we have and experiencing the world. So it's really this beautiful sensory thing for Morris in the book. And I think what that says is is that reminds us to sort of take a breath and peel back all these projections and ideas and, you know, things that we develop over time living in a larger society and just be like, oh, right, it's just fun. (laughs) It's simply fun. And that goes a long way with um, feeling in who we are and connecting with If we've been whetting your appetite to take children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, young people you love to a show, you might be wondering, how am I going to find those shows? Well, listen to this. We'll be right back. One of the things that I love about Ageless Traveler is that I get the opportunity to tell you resources that I have used that really work. Now, for grandparent travel, here are just two. But remember, we repeat and extend our resources in our show notes, which you will find not only on the disseminators of the podcast, but also on our podcast page at agelesstraveler.com. Here are the two I love and use all the time. One is Mommy Poppins, mommypoppins.com. Wherever you are in the U.S., you can take a look at this, put in your destination, and you will see what's working for kids in your community that weekend, including the month of October, my favorite month, where you can see all the spooky stuff going on. When I lived on the East Coast, I used it. It worked. Now I live on the West Coast. I use it for my grandkids. It works and we have wonderful travel experiences and go out for terrific day events. Also, I like Club Free Time. Club Free Time is a club that you do have to join. It is not entirely free. But once you do, you get a year's worth of events in New York City. So if you happen to be in that area, take a look at Club Free Time. I have gone to Broadway shows for pennies. I've taken the kids to concerts for a dollar. And of course, many, many free, wonderful events and learning experiences. So the two right now, mommypoppins.com, clubfreetime.com, and many others to follow in our resource section. And now we're back with more of our discussion because of my really deep affection and my theater going habits. I'll take you there, too, because we're certainly going to be culture vulturing all over the world at different theaters. But now we're back with our guest, Giuliani. Going to give you a little background of my great love of theater leading up to a question. Uh, I believe there used to be a book, there is a book called Everything I Learned uh, I Learned in Kindergarten. Well, everything I know I learned in the theater. And my father was the, um, and sometimes lawyer for most of the theaters on Broadway. 
So he would get free tickets, and they were good seats too. So I started to see theater when I was five, and I was really prepared. They told me it was dark; it was going to be dark, and the the, you know, the curtains are good, and you have to be very quiet. And I was, I was mesmerized from the first moment that the curtains separated. And of course, it was a big person's theater; it was a Broadway theater, and I felt a sense of community with every single person in that theater. I didn't know them. I was sat stiff because they told me not to move. But we were a community immediately. So my question to you, because you really are bringing theater to children, live theater, what would you tell a grandparent or a parent or any adult bringing a child to prepare them? Remember, some of these kids coming in before, you will be the first live experience in theater they'll have. What would you tell them to prepare the child for the love of theater? Wow, I love that question. I think perhaps I would offer to tell them that it's just this beautiful extension of their imagination. Something I think about is is funny about how theater idea that theater is not for children. I think is almost laughable because it's so close to what they're already always doing, which is making up these beautiful stories and imagining new things and relishing in the that they're learning, right? That when we're that age, we're learning so much every day. And that's what makes children so particularly expressive and creative. And I think that makes so much sense for theater as well. And so I think I love your your story about going to Broadway and really being in awe. I think it's a great example of like even in those, you know, sort of quieter big theaters, a child can absolutely handle that. And I will say as well, something like the Children's Theater Company, their entire mission is to is to cater to children. And so that space is going to be so welcoming of and whatever sounds they might make or ways they might express themselves because they're young and still <laughs> developing sort of all of that, uh, going to be welcome there and is actually going to be uh, held and celebrated. And so I would tell parents and grandparents and all sorts of adults who might be considering taking a child to the theater, um, the children's theater, it's meant for them and do it and just remind this child that this is going to be a beautiful story like any other story they might enjoy in books or, you know, on TV or with their toys that they might create in their own rooms. It's kind of just like that. Um, but, you know, these other live actors and all this stuff and, and to just allow them to enjoy it. And, and I think a lot of adults would be surprised maybe um, and impressed with how much um, are, you know, ready to engage with that because they are so creative. Yes, and I think that that was one of the parts of it. I really learned that being a spectator is an act of creation. There's no doubt. Uh, don't think about that. They think of spectatorship as passive. But in fact, you're bringing a lot to the table. And I loved the fact that you're suggesting you say to the children, what are your stories? What are you reading? What stories did you make up? These are just more stories. And believe me, they will relate so we're speaking right now with the playwright who adapted Morris Micklewhite, The Tangerine Dress, for the stage. And Tavares is going to be with us after our little bit of a break. And we're going to talk about pushback. You know, she's got some themes there that open people's eyes. We have enough pushback as parents when we try to get our, particularly the little ones, to go with us to theater. Uh, but theater might count. And I do love the idea that you go to a theater, you begin with a theater that is meant 
for children, like the Children's Company in Minneapolis. So we'll be back talking about all of that. Don't you go away. This is The Ageless Traveler. You know, sometimes the cost of airfare is our biggest barrier to travel. And here are three tips that can make air costs more affordable for you. Did you know there's such a thing as error flights? Yes, airlines do make online mistakes as to costs, but they have to stick to what they post if you catch it in time. So you can't sit by your computer all day long hoping for an error fare. What do you do? Well, in the show notes, we'll show you different websites you could visit. They follow those error flights for you, but grab them when you see them. Now, what about triangle flights? What's that? Well, some countries, Turkey, Morocco, and many others, give you bargain fares if you visit their country. For example, I recently flew from Amsterdam to Morocco. Really, I wanted to go from Amsterdam to L.A., but on Air Morocco, I got such a great fare. I spent a couple of days in Marrakesh and also Casablanca. When I travel to London, I usually stop for a few days in Istanbul and then go to London. Why? Again, I love the city. I get to see it. The fares are lower. And finally, you may wonder why Colette Tours is my choice for going together to Iceland, Portugal, and on safari. Well, one of the many reasons is that they include the airfare. So always look for tour operators that really give you a great internal bundle deal on your tour and your airfare. We did that. And you want to come with us? Well, simply go to agelesstraveler.com, take a look at our featured trips, and travel with us. And we're back, and we are picking up our cultural vulturing topic. But before we do, let me make some mention of the fact that we are all traveling together. We're going to Portugal and the Azores in, in May. We're going to Iceland in 2024 in October. And I was just told, hot off the presses, that we just got our safari. Oh, my goodness. Our first safari trip to Africa in 2025. And remember, I work with the United Nations. And so when I bring you on these trips and we work together on these trips with the fantastic uh, operators, Colette, you meet people you'd never be able to meet before. We have pre- and post-meetings with our fitness coaches, our dietary coaches, and everybody else to make your experience truly the experience of a lifetime. So how do you find out about this? Couldn't be simpler. Agelesstraveler.com. Everything's on there. And please, the first word that you will see on the website is the word join. And all you have to do there is join our group. Very simple. Just click on the word join. You'll find us everywhere and the podcast, of course, everywhere. So let's go back to this issue. The issue is grandparents traveling all, could be around the corner, could be around the world with small children, could be with their parents, could be just what they call the skip gen travel, the little ones and an older adult with them. And they want to go to theater and particularly at a young age. And uh, would they want to go, well, I don't know, maybe to see Morris Micklewhite and the Tangerine Dress at the Children's Theater Company, written by playwright uh, Giuliani. And she is going to tell us now about the issues, a little bit, maybe a discussion, Giuliani, about pushback parents might give to an older adult relative grandparents, uh, nieces, could be nephews of, of aunts and uncles as well, 
when they say, I want to take your five-year-old to a live theater. Has that entered your mind that you've been concerned about that? Or do you feel that that's not going to be an issue with this particular play? You know, I so far have been pretty optimistic. I think one for one, uh, we are right now. We hope this play will be in other cities soon. But right now we're premiering in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And Children's Theater Company has been here for many, many years. And they're the largest children's theater in the country, I believe. So there's like this really beautiful culture already here in the city that promotes, you know, children's theater and attending it. And that's why we have all these amazing student actors as well, because there's so many young people in Minneapolis and in this area who um, are engaging with the arts from a young age. And it's so exciting to see. So for one, I feel optimistic in that sense and that there's already a great culture here of supporting that. Um, I do think that that's a very realistic possibility. You know, I think um, children in the U.S. by and large is not necessarily super funded or really, you know, mainstream. Um, There totally might still be adults who um, some hesitation around it. But I think that this is such a great opportunity for adults to take children to see Morris Micklewhite and see that there's, in fact, so much that Life Theater has to offer young children, um, theater like at Children's Theater Company that is catered to those kids, um, really made with them in mind. And that space is really uh, to children in that sense, because it's who we're making all this theater for. Um, I would say to any hesitant parents or grandparents or other adults, um, this is like right up the alley of young children and they're already super creative energy. I'm just making up stories with their toys or you know, with their new friends in preschool or kindergarten. Yeah, and I'm going to give you a couple of takeaways on this. First of all, I, I was thrilled with what you just said, that it would be touring. I was really hoping. It was one of my questions, by the way, Julianne. I'm so glad that you answered it. Uh, she's making a particular point. And that point is that here in L.A., and uh, I grew up in Brooklyn, we have the Brooklyn Academy of Music. We have so many places to go. We could always go into Manhattan. Not every area of this country has that. And so many people get involved in theater and begin to love theater later in life, even after retirement, because they start to travel. And that's one of the things that Ageless Traveler really wants to bring to the table, Giuliani, and that is some trips where they might be able to assess culture for grandchildren that might not be right around the corner. Had a lot of, uh, in my day, a lot of access to theater. But please take a look and watch for access to theater that we might provide for you if you don't have that for your kids near you early in life. So that's beautiful. I realize that I have been pumping you up to take children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, young people to theater. But where might you find it? Well, we have included two important articles on our travel stories at agelesstraveler.com. One is, in general, the performing arts, covering things like the Renaissance festivals, circuses, and museums that have theater or presentations for children. And another, straight-up theater, how you can prepare someone who is a little bit younger to really enjoy the theater with you, whether it's their first time or their teens 
going out with you on a real treat with Grandma and Grandpa. So please visit our articles, please read them, and comment on them at agelesstraveler.com. Now, before we end, I do I do want to ask you this question. I really do believe in theater as community. And you have, you're casting children. Most of this cast are kids. I'm very curious, have they formed a community with each other? And how do the children in the seats, do you think, are going to respond? Will somebody say, hey, I could do that, you know, uh, and chorus line, and one day maybe want to be an actor themselves? Oh, I sure hope so. I love this question because I love talking about our amazing student actors. Yeah, it's a mostly uh, in our cast. I have five young people and one adult, and they are so brilliant. We actually have two casts. So if you love the show, you can go another night and see a whole different cast of talented children performing the show, which is really cool. Uh, of course, allows them to keep up with their studies and their youth. <laughs> um, they are so supportive of each other. It's like one of my favorite things about the rehearsal process right now is coming into their big, loving energy. They have so much energy and enthusiasm for the show. They have such brilliant perspectives on its themes that they share really openly with each other. They are so, like I said, so supportive. Uh, you know, if they take turns doing a scene, since we do have two casts, they like are there on the sides, like cheering each other on. And it's so lovely. Um, I just love to see, you know, these creative kids get to have this space to come together, you know, after school and just give it their all into their artistry. Uh, I hope that, yes, that, that the young people in the audience will see that and be able to see themselves in that and be like, whoa that person kind of is my height or it looks like me or is That's in my right. and be able to say, I can do that. I can, you know, tell my stories in this way and share them with the world. Well, it's a beautiful production. It's something that I believe the spectator, the active spectator, which your kids will become, uh, enjoy and take away. And I thank you so much for being with us. We've come to the end of our discussion. So thank you for listening and see the show notes on agelesstraveler.com for resources we mentioned on the show and a few that we haven't mentioned on the show. And click the gift button to join our Facebook salon and receive the goodies that will make lifelong travel easy. Now, salon members can ask our guests and our experts questions to make your travels perfect. And if you love theater, don't forget to go on our YouTube channel to meet Giuliani and hear her personal story. You'll also love our next episode when we talk with an 80-year-old grandma who travels the world with her grandchildren one of whom is a young adult fashion model, and the other we may see on the U.S. Olympic ski team and get more hints and tips on where you can travel with grandchildren. This is Adrian Berg for The Ageless Traveler, here to ensure that you never stop traveling.